Hey y'all, welcome back to the episode. I'm here today with my friend Noah. Noah, how are you doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Excited. Of course, yeah. And then we also have a guest on with us today. His name is James Woods. James, how are you doing? Doing amazing. Doing amazing, man. Thank you. Awesome. And James is an absolute yoga legend from what I understand, or at least from his presence online. Um, And James, we really want to get in to the nitty gritty here about how you've developed yourself personally and then how you've developed yourself professionally. Um, And we're really excited to talk to you about that today. And I know, Noah, you had uh, a question off the rip that you wanted to ask him. So, James, you know, uh, I think this is a great place to start. What got you into yoga? Oh, man. Well, Noah John, that's the name. I'm calling him. I got into yoga because of being burned out, man, being stressed out. So I am professionally and academically trained as a mental health therapist. I'm a therapist. So I was going to school, graduated, got out, and like, so they put me with all of, mostly majority black and brown kids in the area. A lot of them probation, a lot of them in trouble at school, really tough neighborhoods, tough times. So I was really like super therapist. I'm going in the home, I'm going on campus, I'm going into the juvenile halls, working with dad, working with mom, just doing all this work, giving everything I had because that was my job. And then at the same time, that's what I really love to do. And then it came to a point where I started noticing that I felt like I was the one who needed the help with the depression and anxiety. Like it was tough going up to a job that I really loved and I really cared about, but the pressure of it, the anxiety of it just started wearing on me and I had this one supervisor she was like one of those hippie kind of you know chill folks and mm-hmm. she used to say like because I'm a, I played football in high school so I'm a old athlete guy you know my knees popping and everything now. <laughs> he was like hey James you should really try yoga and I'm like okay whatever whatever you should really try yoga and I'm like after a while I told her like all right Black men, we don't do yoga, it's just the thing, you know, we don't do yoga, with, you know, ignorant. But finally, I tried some yoga. I came to the studio, and, you know, it smelled like a yoga studio. Of course, I was the only guy in there, and I was younger than everybody by, like, 20 years, so I'm like, okay, whatever. And finally, I get on the mat, and I get my butt kicked, and this downward-facing dog, and all the other programs and stuff, humble me as the older ladies are laughing at me. But at the end of the class... There's this pose called Shavasana, where you just lay on your back and you relax and you just soak everything in. At the end of that first class, I had this feeling of peace. I had this feeling of like all that stress, all that fighting and fussing and worrying and stuff. It just, it slipped away for a second. And at that moment, it was like, yo, I really want to include this into my life and the life of the people that I work with. And I decided, all right, I'm going to keep doing this yoga stuff. I felt really good mentally and physically. I felt at a place that I hadn't been able to be in a long time because of my life and my job. And I needed to incorporate more of that into my life. Um, And then actually a couple of years later, I ended up moving to a spot. I'm in LA and it was a spot in Long Beach. And it was a yoga studio that was donation based. So you just take a class and you leave whatever you could. And I didn't have no money at the time, so it was the perfect yoga studio for me. And 
started going to this yoga studio, loving it, and they happened to have this yoga teacher certification. And it's like three grand. A lot of places, it's like three grand, four grand. But I happened to put myself into a raffle to get it at, not a raffle, but an auction to get it at the cheapest, you know, whatever the highest bid won. And my highest bid was like a quarter of the price. So it, so I got in and it just blew me away how much I didn't know about myself mentally and physically. The amount of growth I had in that yoga teacher training and the amount of this peace I developed for myself and the work just made me dedicate myself to it and explore and figure out what else I could do with this yoga stuff. So ended up quitting my job as a therapist I thought I was just going to, like, travel the world and teach yoga on the beach and, you know, and just be tanned all the time. But, um, yeah, that, that brought me here to where I'm at now, so that's all I yeah. got to yoga. Yeah, it it seems like, uh, like a life-changing sort of event for you where you decided, you found this, this path, um, you know, almost by accident. It was, you know, you felt like you were being le- led there by this woman that you spoke about, and when you found this path, it really opened up so many doors for you, Uh, you know, maybe, you know, professionally, uh, for yourself, uh, the doors inside your own mind started opening up. And as you're going through this transformational stage in your life, did you face any store, any sort of judgment or pushback along this journey to becoming the person that you are today? Yes. More internally than externally. Like I said, as I got into the yoga teacher training, as I got into yoga, I was in an angry black man stage in my life. <laughs> and so getting into this space where it wasn't many black people, I still had that mindset of like, oh, I'm angry and I'm looking for problems, I'm looking for issues, and I'm looking for reasons that this is not going to work. I was in a transitional period of leaving my job and leaving behind my mid-20s and leaving behind a lot of things that had shaped my life and my vision of life. And so yoga had became a vehicle for me to go to the next level mentally in my life and to see things from a different perspective. But it was bumps in the road from my old mindset. You know, like, nah, James, you can't do this. This is weird. These people are weird. You're becoming weird. You should, you know, don't not eat meat. Don't not, you know, you got to have this. You got to have these type of things to be who you are. Uh, so as all those things started melting away of who I thought I was, but really who I just had been socially and familiarly, familiarly conditioned to be, it was scary. Like, oh crap, I'm a person who likes to do yoga and like, I don't necessarily have to have Air Force Ones on all the time or have a certain haircut or have a certain, you know what I mean? And when I lost who I thought I was, I was scared because I couldn't fully see who I was becoming yet. But yoga definitely was a vehicle to help me make that transition to who I am now. And I still use it as a vehicle because I'm still going through that process. I have no idea who I'm going to be in the next 10 years. But it would, be, it would only be bad if I was still the same person. And so yoga definitely has helped me mentally make those transitions. On the internal as the external you know like i said family and stuff was like don't quit your job um don't be a vegetarian i was vegetarian for like two years i'm not anymore um you know just it was things that they weren't used to seeing 
let alone me or really anybody close into their life. So they're scared. They're concerned for me because they didn't know. So definitely, man, yes. So it's a scary thing for you to make this change in your life, and it's a scary thing for your loved ones to see you go through this transitional stage. Um, and I, I wanted to ask if you have any sort of advice for young people that are out there that want to go on this spiritual journey just like you did and are maybe a little afraid of it. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can offer to them? Take cold showers. <laughs> Don't get haircuts. Fast. Work out. Um, just whatever. It's a whole list of things that you can do to be uncomfortable. Practice being uncomfortable because transitioning into the person that you're going to be is going to be uncomfortable. Uh, so whatever you feel constantly, you know, it's some of us who just stuck in a place of comfort and I build my life around being uncomfortable because when I face that discomfort of letting go of who I thought I am, I can at least kind of go back to like, all right, I, I did this thing uncomfortably. Now I can work on doing this thing uncomfortably. So um, put yourself in as many uncomfortable situations as you can, as often as you can. So when life really puts you in an uncomfortable position that you have no control over, you at least have a frame of reference. Like, yeah, I made it through that. I can make it through this. I can keep it going. It's funny you say that because lately um, I've been telling myself, uh, be comfortable in being uncomfortable. You know, uh, just yeah. really dwell in those situations and accept your feelings and <laughs> move on. You, you really got to take it and go. You can't, you can't sit in negative emotions. You, you really just got to pick yourself up and get through the situation. And yoga is a physical manifestation of that for me because you're literally sitting in uncomfortable positions. <laughs> and you have to find how to be comfortable in it using your breath, using your thoughts, meditating and all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, it was uncomfortable for me. I'm in these poses, my butt all in the air, and my legs and everything like that. That's uncomfortable physically and for the perception of who I thought I was. Yesterday, I was at a, uh, a high school, and it was like an alternative high school. I'm talking to a group of 10th graders, and these are the kids who gang banging in, in the community and everything like that, different roles. And some of them wouldn't even, like, before they can do a yoga pose, they had to look around and check, like, he gonna do it, is he gonna do it, is he gonna do it, and if you say, if you say seeking validation from someone else, then you'll never understand who you are, and that can be uncomfortable to let go of other people's validations to find out who you actually are, so practice being uncomfortable and just do it. Yeah, you really, uh, what it sounds like to me is you really just gotta let your ego go. Your ego isn't who mm -hmm. you are. It's uh, who you think you are. Find out who you really are, and you're going to enjoy life a lot more. That's it. That's it. Noah John, the philosopher, boy. <laughs> we uh, like to think around here. You know, I like to dive into yeah, my thoughts I sometimes. It. I was just going to ask you, where do you suggest beginners start with yoga? Like, what, what are some tips that they can take to just start instituting it now? Um, breathing and meditation apps. Start there um, to go there in that place. That's one place to start. It, it depends where you are. Um, some people have a really hard time sitting with themselves and they complain about how slow yoga is and that level of discomfort because that, if that's you, you can start 
at one of those butt kicking yoga classes. You can do Bikram yoga, which is gonna kick your butt and keep you in a place of like, you know, that physical connection. Cause that's how I started. Initially it was so physical that my mind forced me to be present. Like I have to get through this pose. I have to do that. And now it's at a place where when I acknowledge I'm in the physical place, I'm like, all right, get out your ego, James. You don't have to muscle through this pose. You don't have to do this. So if you're starting out, start out with one of those apps, like Mind or whatever like that, just taking some breaths. And if you're uncomfortable with the slower pace, quote unquote, or whatever, do one of those yoga, Pilates, yoga at the gym, yoga, you know, in the hot yoga and all those butt-toning yogas or whatever like that. Because it's a bridge. It definitely is a gateway where you're like, ah, I feel great in my body. Now I want to preserve that good feeling in my body. So I'm going to wake up or go to sleep at a certain time. I want to eat a certain way. I want to drink a certain amount of water and stuff. And then that just starts to become a domino effect to view, oh, if I treat my body like that, I feel great. And now I can start to learn how to treat my mind in a way to feel great. So start getting your butt kicked in one of those physical classes or just start with the breath and then get into it. And do you feel like yoga has allowed you to be able to to channel different sort of energy within yourself? Do you feel like you um, have more of a connection to the people around you maybe or the nature that you live within or maybe your reality as a whole? Kristen, when I started yoga, I thought my power was located in my mind and then just in my physical body. And as I continue to practice yoga, I understand that my power is connected to a whole greater power source. It's connected to you. It's connected to the highest being, the most high. It's spiritual. You can take it every there, every there if you want to. But just in general, knowing like my mind and my limits has my mind and my body has limits, and yoga helped me tap into the unlimitless. And so the energy that I tap into helps me to break through that ego because we talk about it. Let your ego go. You gotta do that. That's hard. <laughs> it's hard to unravel yourself from what you've been wrapped up in your whole entire life. Men especially, our brains don't fully develop until 25 years old. Our brains are still developing. So as we're navigating the world from a cerebral place and trying to make sense of it, then understanding that there's even more than that. And then you got the emotional level and then you got the other connections socially. So yes, Yoga helped me tap into that power that I wasn't even aware of to be able to go beyond my ego and look at it from a place of observation and say, oh, okay, that's my ego right there. That's not me. That's just my ego. And it did that through the breath. It did that through being able to be uncomfortable. It did that through the stillness, through the silence. It helped me get into that place where I can tap into my real power and not just the power of me talking or doing what power we being. So whenever you are going through a yoga session, where are you at mentally? Like what's going on in your brain? I am thinking about what I'm going to eat after yoga class. I'm thinking about um, me making sure I'm not staring at anybody in yoga class or doing it right or something like that. And then I got to catch it and bring it back to the breath. Then I got to catch it and bring it back to the tightness in my shoulders. I got to catch it and bring it back to me not trying to power through a pose or 
trying to perform a pose or whatever like that. So my brain is all over the place, just like every other time. But when I'm in my yoga class, it gives me a frame of reference, a point of reference to come back to, to have some sort of control over that mind, some sort of, um, you know, put a leash on the mind. Because I'm breathing and I'm connected to the body in a different way, in an intentional way. So the mat is really just an interrogation room. I get in there and I'm deeply interrogating my ego. Where are you at? What's going on? Why are you trying to take this pose and it's you're just not there yet? It's okay. Have a cup of coffee. Sit down. <laughs> so yeah, my mind is constantly going all over the place. Um, but at least when I'm on the mat, and when I say on the mat, it could be, you know, just walking down the street and breathing and being mindful and coming to that space. Because the mat transcends the mat. That's what it's all about for me. And goes off into the, the rest of the world. But when I'm on that mat and my mind starts racing and going all over the place, I get a frame of reference through my physical and through my breath that brings my mind back. You know, it's funny you talk about that because whenever I work out, I tend to notice that um, the more attention I'm paying to my breath and to the actual muscles while I'm going through the movements, the better workouts I'm having. And I do have a much better mental clarity, especially after the gym, rather than just uh, kind of listening to the song or thinking about what happened at work and letting my mind wander. But when I'm connecting to my body, I, I can put out much more force, you know, I, and I just feel better going through the workout. You are more intentional in the oxygen and the blood going into the muscles to feed those and build what you want to build, you know, so... Mm -hmm. It's a deeper experience, and I'm one of those weirdos that go into the gym with no headphones, no music. I'm just Might have to end this interview. Down. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> James, it's been wonderful having you on. My man is just. I didn't know I was a weirdo. Of course. A lot of people don't. Because <laughs> you know, I want to give all intention and attention to what I'm doing in the gym. Um, not the latest Migos record or whatever, which I don't have a problem with and stuff. And it's blaring over the, the loud phones anyway, but I want to get that motivation from internally, not just from the words and the beats and stuff. I want to be able to deal with that. You know, That's how I actually started working out when I was in high school. Um, and the reason why I started working out was for a very egotistical reason. Was because this girl that I wanted to date over the summer didn't want to date me. And I thought maybe <laughs> if I come back next summer and I have this Absolutely body, shredded. this thing, yeah, this thing to show her that then she will finally accept me and like me instead of, you know, maybe I should have been focusing on myself a little bit more because in high school I was not 1 a.m. today, not even close to it, and I'm, I'm still working on myself. But I, I think it's... It's weird that I went in there with, I went into the gym with really, really egotistical intentions. And then now it's completely flipped on its head where I'm doing this just for me. And I'm doing this exactly, I, I, I could not care less really what my body looks like to other people. As long as I like it and it makes me happy, then like, I, I really don't care. And it sounds like that's sort of the relationship that you maybe had going into yoga where you're like, okay, 
whatever, like this, okay, I'll just do it because she's at, this woman is asking me to do it. But now you've developed this relationship with it where it's wholesome and you, you feel a connection to it and you're doing it not only for yourself, maybe, but, but you're doing it to better you as a being and to better society, perhaps, and to better, um, you know, interact with the world. And I think that's a very important piece of exercise in general is to understand that you're not only making yourself a better person, but you are inherently improving society by improving your own mental health um, and your body too. So like, I think that's a really good statement that you put out. And I, I'm probably doing it wrong because my arms don't look like Noah John's. So <laughs> you check out his TikTok or? <laughs> I, I see him right there, man. He's flexing a couple of times and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is, you know, and it, it still is a struggle for me in the, the vanity part, the physical part of my body. As a kid, I received some validation for my body because I was ripped and stuff in high school and everything playing football. And I received some validation and it's still this process of letting that go to where my body is not to be validated for everyone else. Oh, man, look at your abs and your this and that and I'm like. My body is for my functions of what I like to do, how I like to carry myself around in the world. And if I feel like crap in my body, I'm probably going to be crap in the world to other people, as you said, and to the rest of the world. So let me just work out so I can feel good. You know, I've always had the abs. You know, they've always looked good. Um, and I noticed that people always talked about them. And so I really, I, I let myself take those compliments and, you know, I, I reveled in it. Um, I just, I loved it. Then I noticed as soon as, you know, I started to put on a little more pounds um, and they didn't disappear, but they didn't look as good. I, I got so depressed. Like my mental state dropped <laughs> drastically, you know? And so it, it goes to show that you can't, you can't put your self-worth in the things that other people say to you on how you look and, uh, getting through that, moving past that part. Um, <laughs> I, well, if you look at my TikTok now, I've, I've, I've gotten a, a bit bigger. <laughs> so um, once you realize to do it for yourself, let your own um, motivation drive you and not let other people do it, you'll be a lot happier with your results and the process overall. James, I think one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is maybe some changes that you made in your life to help you feel more free. Um, and I know that sort of your like catchphrase and it's, you know, something that I've started saying to myself mentally because it's so, it's very catchy. Uh, it's feeling free to feel free. What are the changes that you've made in your life that have allowed you to feel more free? Christian, before you ask a question, you, you grab your chin and I'm like, Oh, here it comes. You do a little chin thing. That's cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> Before I got on this call, I was on a, a call with my therapist. And before I started becoming a therapist and you know practicing therapy, I had to go to therapy for myself. And it is a level of freedom that I never thought possible by being in the room and talking about myself, not having to listen to someone else, not really having to consider someone else's things, being able to talk about myself on a level where I wasn't afraid I was going to hear it again somewhere else or I was going to have to clarify some things in a way where I have to look a certain way. 
going to therapy was definitely a huge part of me discovering a sense of freedom. Always been a quieter person, always been a more reserved person. But going to therapy helped me to clarify, clarify my voice and get a deeper relationship with my voice. And I would definitely say being in therapy and having that time to just talk about me, 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 me helped me now to understand that the most freeing thing is being in connection with other people. A deep sense of connection where I can be who I authentically am and share from a place of not being afraid, not being ashamed, not thinking that someone else's thoughts about me are going to control me. So it definitely was a process from becoming a search to being a search of being independent. Like I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't need nobody and all that kind of stuff. To a place of yeah, I know no one else's opinion can really control my life, but how other people see me and add value and how I add value and see other people is an important part of my life that I get to choose. So me choosing my interactions with people after going through a process of going into who I am so I know who I actually am showing up with with other people has been a process of being of, of developing a sense of freedom. Still got a long ways to go. Still got a lot of things that I'm like, oh okay, I didn't know that. That was I was interested and I didn't have that. And yeah, what's one thing that you're working on right now personally that you feel like will drastically improve your life, like just right now? Scheduling. <laughs> Scheduling. Being a better scheduler mm-hmm. and in 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 consideration of other people too in that schedule. Not just this is what James needs to do, wants to do. And it doesn't affect anybody, like, allowing myself to consider other people. Like I said, I've, been, I've worked on being independent so long that I've had time to alienate and push some people and some things up. And now it's working back into, wow, I'm actually better when I'm more connected with people. So how can I be more connected with people? And it starts just simply for me scheduling people into my life and scheduling time to be more connected with people and myself. So... Don't forget to schedule time for yourself, James. Yes, that is the, that is the, I got to scratch my chin on that. <laughs> that is a, a big one there. Um, it's huge. So I wake up early and I love my morning time. I wake up about three in the morning. I wake up at three in the morning. And <laughs> I do that in one sense to be able to have time for people during the rest of the day. Because not everybody else is, is awake at 3 a.m. So I have like from 3 a.m. to like about 7, 8 a.m. where I'm not texting, I'm not emailing, I'm not talking to anybody. It's just me and my relationship with myself. I have my whole, you know, program that I go through in the morning and then I have my program that I go through at night to kind of seal my day off with me and my relationship with my higher power and then the rest of the day. That gives me more time during the rest of the day to offer myself in a, a, one of the highest versions of myself to the people, the people in life that I care for and want to build a deeper relationship with myself. So yeah, I intentionally built time for myself, and now I'm seeing how that time is that time I built for myself helps to build time with other people. Generally, what's 
how was your day structured like the whole day when do you you're waking up at 3 a.m but when's lunch what are you having for lunch what when are you going to bed yeah you going to bed right now yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do go to bed early, so this is different. I'm I'm observing Ramadan this month. Oh, cool! Um, this is awesome. the first time ever doing it. It's, like I said, I always look for a way to be uncomfortable and, and go deeper in who I am. Uh, in respect to all the followers of Islam and Muslims out there, I wake up at 3 a.m. and first thing I do is I grab my phone and I go through my affirmations. Uh, before I do that, I say my prayers and say, "Wow, thank you, God, for letting me wake up." Having that gratitude implemented to the day is huge. Go through my affirmations on my phone, and then I go through a, a gratitude thing with uh, the people who are no longer here physically in my life. So like grandparents and friends and past and stuff. And just, as I'm making my bed, I just say thank you for whatever you've given me and whatever you're going to give me for the rest of the days. I write down five things I like about myself and five things I like about my partner. And then I go to work on my computer and whatever and stuff I got to do, planning, thinking. That's when my mind is the clearest and, and at its slowest speed, not all over the place. So whiteboard, e not emails yet, scheduling and stuff like that. And then I work out, whatever the workout is for that day. And after that workout, I do yoga. And then after yoga, I do Spanish, Espanol, my Duolingo app. And then after that, I drink my green drink. Um, and then after that, I sit on the toilet and I read and I take care of my internals. I take a shower, cold shower for the first 30 seconds. Hop out, get ready. And then I do my 15 seconds of freedom video. And then I get on the computer and I say hello to the world and check emails and text messages and all that kind of stuff. And all that, and then uh, before I go to bed, I read my my checklist to do my to to do list. Yeah, actually, yep. Yeah. So before I say hello to the world, I have my to do list, my goals and stuff for the day. I go back over that again at night. And then I brush my teeth, wash my face, journal, read a little bit of the Bible, read a little bit of the Quran, read my affirmations, and go to bed. And last night I went to bed at nine thirty. Late night, huh? Yeah, I say I'm, I'm pushing it because I'm eating later because of Ramadan, so mm -hmm. I'm staying up a little bit later. Gotcha. So. Okay, I don't want to wake up at three. I want to wake up at five. So, give me, give me your best tips on going to sleep early. Live like, how do you do it? What's the secret? I would say for me, knowing that I have this stuff to do, like. Knowing that I have this procedure and stuff to go through, and I know like it takes about 30 minutes stuff. So, like, let me hurry up and get through it so I can get to bed. Um, and because I wake up early, I'm exhausted usually at night. So I want to hurry up and get to bed. So I go to bed. So the best way to go to bed early is to wake up early, I would say. Wake up early. Damn. <laughs> like, so when the when you first started doing it, did you just set an alarm for like? 3 a.m. and you're like I'm waking up now what how did you did you gradually build into it it was a gradual process now I can't uh, lie I've always been a morning person but it's been like 6 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. right. I'm just always been a naturally morning person um and then I said all right let me do four it was 432 for a long time I woke up at 432 
<laughs> and some, especially like during daylight savings or something when the time change and I wake up earlier and then I notice like, wow, I'm getting a lot more stuff done. I'm, I'm trying to pack my morning out because like I said, that's my time mentally. So I said, let me wake up at three o'clock and, and push the alarm back a little bit more. So um, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. Sometimes it's, I'm good with it. Sometimes it's a struggle, but yeah. The best way to go to sleep early is to wake up early because your body's like, and you just get on that natural rhythm of life and stuff. Some people are all about the night and their mind is active and clear and calm in the middle of the night. If that works for you, that works for you. For me, I've always been a morning person, so that works for me. So I need to maximize my morning by having it longer. Mm. So my days are like super long until it hits like six o'clock. I feel like I feel like it's it's eleven o'clock forever, and then it's like okay. And I do take a a meditation slash nap in the middle of the day. One question that I've really been thinking about is, how is your mindset affecting your physical body? It's a process of constant awareness. Um, if I eat crappy, then I feel a little bit crappier. But then also, if I'm stressed out, I'm craving sugar and stuff like that. I don't care about feeling crappy. I just want the sugar. I want some pizza, whatever it is. Um, but it helps me to really look at my body as a functioning tool. And so I want my body to be able to do the things that I want it to do. And so it, it takes it away from a little bit more, more of the vanity stuff, which is okay. If you want to look good, cool. I, I still do too. I still look at my abs in the mirror every day. <laughs> but my mindset about my body now is more on prolonging it and keeping it going for as long and as healthy and, and as I can for a long time and feeling good. Uh, and me doing yoga every day, I'm aware of where the aches and the pains and the stiffness and the soreness is. And my mindset around being okay with the discomfort of having a sore body and even appreciating it and it reminding me Oh, okay. You did those push-ups the other day. Good job, and that. So, my mindset around my body is: this is always a tool that I can use to measure where I am at. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Where am I doing with my life? I'm got a little extra pounds on. I must be. I'm a little bit more stressed. Um, you know, what am I thinking about sexually? What am I thinking about? Am I getting enough water? Am I getting enough vitamins? Am I getting enough sun? I'm always checking in on that. So it's just a barometer, it's a measurement for and reflection of what's going on the rest of my life. This is kind of circling back to when you were talking about the thoughts that you would have sometimes when you're not 100% uh, mentally correct or you're not feeling on top of it. How do you deal with the negative thoughts that arise throughout your day? Um, like when you see something that makes you upset, uh, how are you processing that negative thing that may be happening to you or that negative thought that you may be thinking about yourself finding my core within finding my power within that thought my mind has been conditioned to drift towards negativity and it's been really like especially lately uh i put a lot of stuff on my plate i get overwhelmed and then that feeling of overwhelm turns against me you ain't nothing you ain't crap you blah blah, blah. you need to schedule more you need to do all this but now it's an understanding of, okay, what can I do right now in this moment? Um, do I need to make a phone call? Do I need to 
stop doing this, stop doing that. Me looking for the simple solution instead of me finding reasons to go deeper into those negative thoughts have been helpful. They're there. They have a history. But now I know that they're patterns. I know when they come up. I'm, I'm real familiar with my negative thoughts. I had to make them my frenemies to be able to observe them and then find a solution to the actual situation instead of just staying in that place of negativity. And I've definitely seen a difference in my life. It's been some things that I've been through in the last couple of weeks that would have knocked me down in the past. I would have been like, nah, I'm just going to lay in this bed for a while and just chill and avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm-hmm. But me observing those negative thoughts and acknowledging that these are just thoughts and taking an action on it, has really been helpful for me getting up and keeping pushing and moving and growing. That's what's up. Uh, I love the mentality. I've been saying that a lot lately, but I, I really do. Yeah. I just, Have you ever listened to uh, like David Goggins or something? Oh, oh the motivator, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Is that your guy? Is that like one of your favorite sort of motivational people? Or... No, he's just sometimes he'll pop in my head and I have to laugh because he's so intense. Like I'm not that guy. You gotta get up. Like I'm not that guy. But um I just I find myself like in between those guys like David Goggins and then you have a guy like Eckhart Tolle. He is more of a soft spoken European guy and he talks about looking at your core and your inside and all that kind of stuff. Uh so I go through the spectrum of sometimes when I'm going, like when I need to get some work done, all right, let me get a, a mental butt kicking to kind of <laughs> lift me up and really find the solutions. And then sometimes when I need, like, I just really need to sit with my emotions and stuff. Because sometimes you, you gotta get through it, you do all that. But then other times you gotta really just sit in it and be like, okay, I can feel this. I can deal with this. It's not gonna kill me. It's not gonna knock me out. This is what I felt. Now it's time to move on. So. Is a time and a place for uh, those different mentalities and those different spectrums of inspiration, motivation, interception, introspection, and all that kind of stuff. It's a wide variety. So I like to take it all in, all the motivation and all the personal development, all that kind of stuff. And then I, I really see what resonates with me and what doesn't and keep it pushing. Yeah, it's just uh, I understand when, you're, when you need to be in attack dog mode, when you need to kill the day, then you, you throw on some David Goggins and he tells you that you're not shit if you don't work. <laughs> but if then there's other times you're like, David, all right, all right, you know, <laughs> David, I'm hurting right now. Like, I just need to right. relax, dude. <laughs> it is, man. It's a, uh, you know, he says stay hard, but I think it's, um, it's like having a, uh, having two parents and you have one parent who's smacking you around and stay hard and then you got the other loving nurturing parent that's just like okay it's all right you know pick yourself up and all that and if you did not have those set of parents um a lot of times we seek those in external people and ideas and concepts and stuff but even internally i like to i like to have balance it out sometimes i need to stay hard and sometimes i need to just sit and with your feelings and process it at your own pace and stuff so having that balance man that that nurture i know you have clients correct with uh, do you do it with therapy or yoga um how do you how do you motivate those clients what's your personal style to to get them going so i mostly work 
in education now. Okay. Um, and I have clients as well. So, like, I, I don't have a regular studio. Like I said, I just left the school today, and we do in-school programs. Where we come to school, and we do an assembly with yoga, or we do our weekly yoga classes, and we work with staff, we work with parents, and we work with a lot of community organizations, too, to help them deal with stress and anxiety and uh, help them to just navigate all that stuff in life. And so one of the biggest motivators that I've seen is that a lot of people still don't have the concept of how yoga can be beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of awareness. Like, and sometimes it's people who need the numbers. Yoga helps reduce anxiety. Yoga helps to increase the breath. Yoga helps with your posture, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes with the kids, it's just yoga helps you have more fun. Yoga helps you not get in trouble. Yoga helps you make friends. So really connecting the yoga piece and the mindfulness piece to where they are in their life and letting that pull them through whatever negative thoughts or just unawareness that they might have about trying yoga. And yoga, just like was for me, um, is a gateway to a deeper sense of understanding yourself. Mm. Now, talking to third graders is a little bit different than talking to their parents and, and their principals and stuff. So wherever their deepest sense of self is, you know, whether it's a peanut butter sandwich or, you know, a paycheck, it's just letting yoga take them, take, letting yoga take it to where they are. Yoga does all the work. Mm-hmm. You breathe, you stretch, you feel good, you feel amazing, you slow down. I have to get out the way to let yoga do the work. I, I just got to ask, how do you get those kids to calm down and actually focus on the yoga? Breathing, man. Breathing helps. And we do a challenge. Like, can you sit there and relax and chill for the next 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Put a challenge on them, you know, we're still humans, just like us, we still get a challenge in the gym, we get a challenge, everything is gamified now, so being able to gamify focus and relaxation is a part of it, and um, and having fun, I'm a clown in front of the kids, so I like to help them be aware of their own energy, hey, we're getting high energy, yay, all that, and now can we bring it down, can we breathe low, can we relax, can we chill? So when they're starting to understand their own energy management, emotional regulation and all that, it gives them the opportunity to learn that they can control their focus. Mm-hmm. It's an internal thing. That's a pretty powerful awesome. thing that you're teaching them too, that they can control exactly what they're thinking about and exactly their emotions and that they're in charge of it. I mean, have you have you ever had a student come up to you after the fact or maybe you could share a time when a student has come up to you and and spoken to you about how you you changed their day, maybe. And it doesn't even, or maybe, you know, somebody that you dealt with a couple of years ago, you changed their life. And I just want to clarify, because I said it, but they, they, can, they can control their focus by controlling their reactions. You know, their thoughts are going to be their thoughts. Mm-hmm. If I tell you to think about a white elephant, you'll think about a white elephant. I just thought about it. You just thought about it. <laughs> Dumbo, and you can control your reaction to that. You don't have to go and you know whatever, stand up and jump, whatever. So them being able to control their reactions to it is huge and important because other kids are poking at them, picking at them, teachers, parents. They got a whole lot going on. They couldn't control their thoughts about being in COVID during school, but they can control their reactions coming back. So I just got to say, it's so powerful to be teaching kids at at a young age 
how to manage their emotions because there are a lot of adults mm. who, who can't just don't yeah. know how. And, um, to learn that at a young age is just something that you can really hone and perfect over the years. And by the time they're 23, you know, our age that they, they, yeah, they'll be more well adjusted than us that we went through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It is, man. It's a, it's a gift to be able to have that. Like as a kid, emotions and all that stuff was not in a, a part of academia. Um, but especially these kids now, they've been through all the stuff they've been through and they've been exposed to so much different stuff. They need a way to regulate the emotions to all the situations that are in their, in their face and coming to them. And what better way than this ancient practice to monitor and manage the mind and the body? Um, and you had a, can you repeat your, your question, Kristen, please? It was if you had maybe a student come up to you after one mm-hmm. of your sessions um, that asked you or that came up to you and said, wow, you really changed my day. Or maybe someone that you dealt with a couple of years ago that told you, you know, now or has reached out to you now and has said, you really changed my life. Can you share a story about that, perhaps? I always think about Tank. So Tank was built like Tank. <laughs> he was at a continuation school. And this is a school where all the, you know, the hard kids, the, the you know, the, the kids that got a reputation. But Tank had the biggest reputation, so everybody was afraid of Tank. And being a big dude running the school and stuff like that, Tank controlled everybody. So I had to get Tank's buy-in first to get the yoga class really going. Didn't know how I was going to do that. But then I just let yoga do what it was going to do. Went through the classes, we breathed, we relaxed, we stretched. And I saw Tank like, getting into it. And at the end of the class, Tank is looking at everybody, just giving them eye like, yo, everybody better shut up, sit down, and lay down because I need this. So Tank had a crazy household. It was always loud. It was always chaotic. And the only time he got rest, the only time he got peace was in the yoga class. And he was just able to lay down and relax. So at the end of the classes, he would tell me, like, man, I really appreciate you. Thank you. Like, this is the only time during my day, during my week, that it's just able to, I'm able to be at peace and be able to relax and chill. And I can't let anybody else take that away from him. So all the other kids had to respect it because it was tank. And it changed his whole perspective on his life. He was saying, like, okay, I see a different a different future for myself because I now have the ability to know what it's like to have a sense of peace in my environment and starting to have some peace within myself because it's not always just chaos and craziness going on. And, you know, that's that's a shifter. If you come from a place where always lives, always chaos, your brain, your mind, your spirit can't rest to a place of rest and comfort, you have new possibilities and a whole new paradigm for your life. So, shout out to Tank. I hope he's listening to this, man. Um, but yeah, he definitely was always the story that comes to my mind thinking about the work that we do. Nice. Shout out, Tank. All right, James. Last and final question. Where do you see yoga taking you in your life? When you're looking back 50 years, you know, what, what has yoga given you? What do you want from it? It's given me a better relationship with my parents, a better relationship with my family. It's taken me on a journey inside 
the external stuff is going to be a product of the internal work, the inside work. So externally, it can look like, I don't know, a couple of jets, a couple of sports teams, whatever that I own, I don't know. But as long as I can be able to continue building on a relationship with myself and have that journey, I, I will be extremely happy. And it's done a lot for me already so far where I'm even able to just answer these questions and be honest with myself and be honest with myself where I'm on. So yoga is going to take me to a deeper level of honesty within myself. That's kind of the hardest thing for me, or it was the hardest thing for me sometimes, uh, at least when I was in high school and maybe early on in college where I just wasn't super comfortable with being myself because maybe I, I didn't know enough about myself at that point um, where I was kind of structuring this idea and conforming to these principles that I had around me um, and who I had grown up with and who I had been around for a long time that I didn't really have I didn't know who I was, um, and I'm not saying that I know who I am right now, but I feel like I'm a lot closer to me than I have ever been in my life. So I think like that's such a beautiful, um, you know, s- story arc where you can bring, you can bring all these things that you're learning, um, and then bring them on, bring them on into your own life, and be like, okay, now I need to share this with the world and let everybody know that you can be yourself and be happy with who you are and uh, become the person that you want to be. When you're younger, you're looking, you're trying to build a version of yourself, like you're molding a statue. I just thought about it. You should almost be unearthing yourself, discover who you are rather than building a mold, you know, because your true self is down there. The the things you like are, are there but you let your ego, your pride get in the way of the things you actually enjoy. Yeah, no, that I, I think that's a good point. And I think maybe it's a little challenging. It's a little challenging sometimes when you're, when you're young uh, because you just have so many idols growing up and people love to talk about role models all the time. So you're trying to fit yourself into these boxes that have been predefined by society itself and when you don't fit into those boxes that society is defined specifically for who you are, like me, a white guy growing up, I wanted to be an amazing soccer player. And like, that's just a box that I'd fit myself into because that's what society told me I could do. Um, and then once you realize that you are genuinely free to do whatever you want, whenever you want it, that is like when my mind started exploding uh, and that, you know, that's, that's a fairly recent, you know, sort of revelation to me, I guess, maybe about four, three years ago, um, I was just not the same person. Um, and I think it's because I was still trying to stick and keep myself in those boxes that I had already defined for myself. So, um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Noah. Um, all right. We've been talking for a while here. Let's move on to our mental health section here. Um, I think the easiest way to do this, James, is we typically go Noah goes first, I go second, and you can go third. And just feel free to share whatever you want, get whatever you need to get off your plate. And uh, yeah, let's have a good time. All right, Noah, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling today? How is your week going? 
Uh, you know, I've gotten some energy since coming on to the pod. Uh, I've, I've always, I always get a bit of anxiety beforehand, but you know, once we get into the interview and it, James, you're just a great person. So you made it really easy to get to get to like you. Um, but, uh, I was, I was busy as shit at work today and then I knew I had the podcast. So then I, I was rushing through my workout. It, it didn't feel as great as I wanted it to. Um, just cause you know, I was, I was trying to push it to get prepared <laughs> for the interview. But, um, so I, my, my focus wasn't there. Uh, but other than that, I've, I've just been really busy lately and I got to take that time for myself. Uh, probably going to do that right after we finish this up. Actually, I just go sit on my porch, stare into the distance and, and breathe. That's a good feeling right there. Yeah. Is there anything that you struggled with today? You know, maybe something got out of hand and you got a little upset with it. Um, or maybe got a little mad at something. Uh, uh, the biggest stressor for me at the moment is <laughs> driving in the Atlanta traffic still. Those, <laughs> those motherfuckers. <laughs> Speak. You're, you're, you're preaching to the choir yeah. here. So I just... Oh my um, God. 285. Yeah. <laughs> feeling like I'm going to die. Uh, that That's not fun. Um, just every time I get in the car to go to work. But, you know, we're, we're moving past it. Uh, I just try to... Like uh, James says, I go back to my breath. I focus on that, and I tell myself, if I get hit right here, I'm getting hit. Fuck it. <laughs> if I die, I die. That's how it. That's how it goes. Yeah, I understand that. Welcome to Atlanta, baby. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to me here. Today, today's my off day. I have Thursday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Whenever this comes out, it probably won't be. A, oh, I guess it will be a Thursday, but whatever, different Thursday. Um, I have Thursday and Friday off, um, then I work weekends. So today has been absolutely wonderful. I got to sleep in. I'm no, James, don't hurt me for sleeping in. Um, and <laughs> I got to sleep in, and I just hadn't done it in a while. And I also got to post an amazing podcast, The Art of Letting Go, um, with uh, you know so with mike brown who's such a great guy so that was awesome to have it on and it was our first video podcast that we put out on spotify you can go watch it um which is super super dope like i'm so excited about that uh and then i actually i had all the posts ready for i, I did a lot of work last night and i i made the post for today so that was good um and then i went on a walk with Alexis, who is my partner, and we had such a wonderful day down at the park. Went to a new one. Uh, it's it's really tucked away. Uh, Noah, that's going to be our next recording location um, when when we record together next. So get excited. It's really close to my apartment too. So that's I'm very happy about that. And it was just serene. I've just had such a peaceful day, man. And oh my gosh. Uh, in the words of James, I, I'm I'm feeling feel I'm feeling free to feel free right now, and it's great. I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, th- you know that's not every day either. I you know I have struggles and stuff. I drive in Atlanta, uh, so <laughs> so yeah, that's how that's how I'm doing right now. I'm feeling great. Um, James, how are you doing today? I am doing really good. I. I was in Atlanta on Monday. I just left Atlanta. So, yeah, I love Atlanta. I went to school in Atlanta for a semester, too. That was cool. But, nice. I, uh, Where at? 
I went to Morehouse. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So that's a different story. Uh, like I said, me and my grandma went to school with Xavier in Louisiana. And our sophomore mm -hmm. year going into it, Hurricane Katrina hit. And I went to Morehouse when Katrina uh, semester. So I love Atlanta. Both my sisters, one went to Clark, one went to Spelman. Uh, my girlfriend, she nice, went nice. to Spelman. Love Atlanta. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you have like deep ties to Atlanta. This I makes do. sense. Okay, cool. I love the A. And I love Waffle House. Waffle House. I can't get enough of Waffle House. Y'all ain't got that <laughs> in California. What's up? Uh, <laughs> no Waffle House. 24-hour um, waffles. 24-hour <laughs> waffles. And you can even put pecans in them. Um, For real. Um, so are we taking Waffle House over In-N-Out? Quick sidebar. I had a feeling someone's going to ask that. No, not at all. <laughs> It's a, it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different thing. Um, but I do love Waffle House. I am feeling a lot today. Like I said, I just got off the phone with my therapist before I jumped on here. So still processing those thoughts and feelings and emotions and stuff. Uh, but feeling good. I had to cancel some classes that I was teaching because I would be going out of town again next week. And I was really anxious about it. I put a lot of who I am into showing up for these classes. And then when I had to let that go, it was like, this is just what I need. And the people were like, okay, that's cool. I felt a lot better. So I had to listen to me and like, feel free to do what I needed to do for myself. And um, feel good about that. So I feel, I'm feeling free today. That's awesome. And, um, I just want to say to the audience here um, that you have the freedom as well to do whatever you want with your day, to do whatever you want with your time, to be whoever you want to be. And um, reach out to James, reach out to us if you have questions, if you know, if you know you have a suggestion for us, if there's something that you want us to talk about. And James, I really appreciate you joining us today. I, I feel like you've You've really given us some amazing energy, uh, which I, is just so great to have on this show, um, some real light, uh, and we hope to have you back on, and uh, I really, really appreciate you being on here with us. Thank you, man. Thank y'all for having me on here. Uh, this, is, this is great. Um, thank y'all for taking the time to do this and put this out and get this, get this fun, cool, amazing stuff out to people. So thank you. Of course, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, to the audience, please go check him out. Um, of course, we're going to link all of his socials. We're, we're going to tag him in our post when we make it. And of course, this is going to be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please go check out James on his social media and on his, uh, on his TikTok, Instagram. Do you have any other platforms that they need to know about? Uh, no, www.yogadoo.com. Cool. Yeah. And I also know that he just dropped a line of merch. So please go purchase that if you're interested in it. Um, and thank you so much for listening to this show. We love you. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.